Welcome to a Minor Detail Podcast. My name is Ryan Miner. I am your host. I am an independent journalist. I've been called a lot of things, but I'm most honored to be characterized as a disruptor. I call it as I see it. If you're on the political right, you may loathe me. And if you're on the left, you'll hold me in equal contempt. Why? Because I'm straight down the middle. I'm sick and tired of extreme partisans ruining our political system, and I loathe the incivility that plagues our dialogue. Let's get back to the basics. This podcast is about truth. My job is to get to the bottom of every story, highlighting every small detail and shedding light on the inside of Maryland politics. I report on Maryland political news at aminordetail.com. This is episode 266. On Monday, May 18th, 2020, Montgomery County Board of Education at-large candidate Stephen Austin joined the podcast alongside two of his biggest supporters. Mr. Austin breaks down the tone of this Board of Education race, and he calls out and refutes the lies told about him by his opponent's supporters. We begin the conversation now. Hi, Marissa. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Nice to meet you virtually. (laughs) <laughs> I hope this is productive tonight. Yeah, me too. I, I think the world's problems would be solved if we could talk face-to-face more often. People on the opposing side would step back for a moment and hear others instead of accusing, accusing, attack, attack. It would be a much more productive conversation, and that's why I'm trying to do this. No, that's awesome. And it blows my mind because, like, I'm a parent. I'm a Hispanic Democrat in this county, and my married to a Middle Eastern guy, and like you know, we have like mutt kids, yeah. and to have all these people tell me that like where I should set, it's just you know, it gets old. Like I don't get it. Well, instead of explaining their position, and I, I would be more inclined to listen to someone to say, I understand why you feel this way, and let me hear you out. Instead of saying you shouldn't feel like this, you're wrong. And right. we're going to attack you and your character. That's right. where I have a problem. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, trust me, there's zero chance I would ever be supportive or even help run a campaign for a guy like that. Yeah. Then you, they want to make claim that Trump support. I, I'm, I've always been opposed to Trump. <laughs> I can I can attest to the fact that I was very pregnant when he got um, <laughs> he got went into office and I cried on my couch to my husband. So I'm <laughs> definitely not a fan. But teach their own. I don't want to be thrown into that category personally. No. No. Uh, no, you know, it is what it is, but it's crazy. I know yeah. Steven's going to join in here in a minute. Yeah, I tried to get on early because I was like, I don't know if there's video, not video, how we're coming in. And I'm sorry to your wife. I also, my name was printed as a top contributor to the campaign. And I live like I'm a dead end. No one ever comes in front of my house. It's like why I bought it. And um, I now have random people who like drive by, like take pictures. Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. As soon as that article came out, like the next day, and I was like, first, I didn't think anything of it. And then like, it kept happening and like nasty stares. And I was like, you looked me up where I live and came to my house? Come on. That's it's just wrong. It's really sad. It, it, it is. It, it's just wrong. Yeah. And and the 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 level of weirdness in this race. I mean, it shouldn't be. It's about kids. It's about policies that better our education system, that form right. the basis of our culture and our community. And there has never. I have not seen people who are backing Stephen or supporting Stephen 
as someone, you know, as someone who has nefarious intentions to disrupt our education system with some, that's where I have a problem. And my kids were bused to an adjacent boundary this year because we were getting a new school. Really? Six miles difference. Their bus ride went from 30 minutes every day to three hours. Three hours. So you can't tell me that adjacent boundaries are acceptable in this area because they're not. Yeah. They make a huge difference. All right, let's see. A community conversation on education. I'm going to remind Stephen. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the nonstop attacks. And I, I, I just, it's unfortunate. This is not what our local BOE race should be about. It should be about no. the kids. It should be all about the kids. And, you know, I got to tell you, as I, I, our 13-year-old daughter read that piece uh, uh, written by that, just that, that man, David Fishack, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, Fishback, I, I, whatever it is. Well, I mean, she said, this is terrible. This is just awful. It would violate the <laughs> Montgomery County, uh, code of con- the public schools co- code of conduct. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it was nasty. No, and they've come after my family. I mean, they, they, these, these really just truly weird people have come after my family like my wife like i feel bad for her (laughs) well look she's tough i mean she's a we're we're a tough bunch as i said in the comment section we we let this nonsense just roll off but sometimes you got to fight back and sometimes you just got to say look whoa uh, you guys are stepping the stepping the line here right no Far. <laughs> Reminds me of that Dave Chappelle episode where, <laughs> with the Chappelle show, where, um, who was it? Charlie Murphy. He was, he was going to see the, um, he was going to see uh, Rick James. And he's like, he's a habitual line stepper. And I feel like that, uh, that's what it is here. Yeah. So that's what it, and they, you know, I, I had my Twitter public. Yeah. To tweet my children's school, okay? Like, that's it. Like, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. And, you know, when Steven came in and I would comment on some of his stuff, and then it was, like, almost immediate that these people would attack. And I'm like, number one, do you have jobs? Because how are you only on Twitter to attack everything that we say? Um, within minutes. And, um, but I, I eventually gave up and, like, I was like, all right, sorry, I had to block it and not engage anymore because i can't live that life like yeah. it's too much. It gets old i don't know how you do it hey we, we put our head down you keep moving um so we're just waiting for for steven is he coming he said he's gonna be five minutes late oh okay well look folks who may or may not roll in um and if you're listening and you're you're see- receiving this feed on the montgomery county uh group that steven created uh, you can sign in. We, we'd love to have you. And we're going to have a conversation. My wife's going to join in a bit. She's preparing dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, this is just a, this could be a scattered conversation. And it's not about numbers. It's just about the conversation. I, I don't, you know, whoever, whoever is comfortable who wants to come in, great. Love to have you. If it's just the two of us, fine it'll just be the two of us when we can and and steven of course and we can or the four of us my wife when she comes and we can talk about 
these big issues that are uh, so vitally important to our education system. But I, I wanted to take just some time to really review about what has happened in the last couple of weeks, what has happened transpired over the last couple of months, and how to address that. The people in the group, I know that they've had to feel attacked. And it's coming from a core group of people. And the thing is, is that I know a lot of these people. Some of them are really fundamentally decent people. I, I know Jill Ortman Faust, and I know that she feels like she's been attacked by Stephen Austin supporters, and she showed me some of the comments, and yeah, I can understand she's clearly being attacked. However, Jill has really made it a mission to mischaracterize Stephen's positions. She's, she's made it her mission to just ramp up the, the rhetoric, and I don't know what, and I know I'll let Stephen speak to the incident where somebody contacted his wife, but there's no excuse. There's no excuse for that. And anybody who tries to defend it, uh, you can't defend it. Come on. Come on, Marissa. We know that. I mean, it's just, it's just, you can't defend somebody contacting somebody else's wife and then pretending to, to, to feel some sort of false anxiety. That's nuts. I don't buy it. I, it, it coming from a sitting elected official, that's weird. It's it, weird. It is weird. <laughs> What's, what's become of us? <laughs> what has become of our friends and neighbors in Montgomery County? And I feel like, you know, I get crap from my good friend George Leventhal, and he says, well, you shouldn't call us the mafia. You shouldn't call us the, you know, Costa Nostra. Well, guys are acting like a bunch of mafia members where you take out a hit, you, 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 you've decided to impose fear and intimidation. You, anytime somebody says something positive about Stephen, they rush and say, no, no, no. And we don't, they don't have a conversation. They're not, I, I can tell you that I really don't think that they're interested in hearing what these people have to say that are yeah. in this group. They don't care. And they don't care how it affects Stephen. They don't care how it affects his family. I, and it's just my, it's a strange bit because you're thinking like, well, it's one candidate. If he gets nominated goes through the primary, or gets through the primary, goes to the general election, and gets elected. He's one guy on a board of education of nine people. One guy ain't going to change that no. board of education. You know what I mean? No. It's not. So. you've, And you've experienced these attacks. I mean, I can't believe this. Somebody's driving. I have. It's crazy. I don't understand how we came to this. I mean... People driving to my house, staring at my kids outside. Oh, that's terrible. It's awful. I like usher them inside and it, I don't understand what happened. You know, I support a candidate. You know, I don't get it. And if people are tuning in now and we're, we're just getting kicked off, sometimes Zoom meetings take a little bit longer. But I posted the link to the Zoom meeting in this group. You can sign in. Glad to have you. The more the merrier. The, the better it will be. And there's some people watching I, I, I see so far. And that's great. Um, and you said, join me on the minor Zoom. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you just click this link, and then there's instructions about how to call in, and I'll patch you through. And my wife is here. She's going to join. Let me see. Kim, is that you? I think she's connecting. She's really good with technology. <laughs> oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> there you are. 
Oh, she's in the bedroom. There we go. This is fun. We always, it, when I do Zoom meetings at work, Marissa, it takes sometimes like 20 minutes to really get acclimated. It's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I mean, I'm now <laughs> well-versed with my children. So You know, the funny thing is I had no idea what Zoom was until about three months ago. Yeah. No idea. Oh, Hi, there Kim. we are. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Hi. Um, meet our friend, Marissa. She's here. Hi, Marissa. How are you? There's my wife, Kim. She's upstairs in our bedroom. I'm upstairs trying to figure out IT issues. Yeah. And my wife, who's in charge of her, her office's intranet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Uh, Stephen Austin will be joining us here in just a moment. And we're excited for that because Stephen's going to come on and he's going to kind of give a premiere about his candidacy. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all the fun stuff that the Stephen Austin supporters. And by the way, I want to make this clear. I have... I've gotten numerous complaints by people who say you have lost your journalistic credibility because you endorsed Stephen Austin. I have not endorsed Stephen Austin, and I have made it clear and in full disclosure and in transparency that my wife, Kim, is backing him. However, people need to understand that we are not inextricably linked. We arrive <laughs> at our own conclusions in very different ways. Right, Kimberly? We do. We do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, but uh, Rusa, tell me a little bit about yourself. What uh, you have kids in schools? I do. So I have a kindergartner and a second grader, awesome. um, and uh, they're at Potomac Elementary, which was oh. being bussed out to Radnor. Oh, the adjacent boundary to our school, our, our uh, cluster. And um, I was telling your husband that my kids' bus ride went from thirty minutes a day to three oh. hours for six mile difference yeah. um, because it's like right up river road. And yeah. so for me, adjacent boundaries, not acceptable. Like that's not an acceptable thing to say because they're like, oh, it's like a few miles. And I'm like, well, a few miles adds, you know, two and a half hours a day to my five-year-old and, you know, or six-year-old and eight-year-old now. Right. Yeah, no. Um, and then I have a three-year-old also, but, um, but yeah, so that's where we yeah. are. Um, and it's, I mean, now nothing would make it worse than these kids who have been waiting to go to their school with all their friends to then be like, oh, you don't go to that school anymore. And yeah, we spent two years on a bus for no reason. So, oh, well, I've, I've monitored this conversation about the boundary analysis for several months now. And admittedly, Kim is, she's follows this so closely She's followed the Montgomery County public schools conversation even closer than I have. And we're active in our kids' schools. And, uh, and, and look, we've, we've come from a little bit different perspective. And what I have a hard time with the most is people, especially uh, the, 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 the left-wing progressive activist in, in Down County who may not even have children and uh, write grandiose articles in publications who tell us how we should parent, how we should feel, right? and then accuse us of racism because we don't support. They go right to that. And I think that that is, it's almost a conversation stopper, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. I can tell you, and I mean this since it, 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 it's, it's, it's incredibly emotional too, because when somebody accuses you of 
of racism. I, I mean, you, it takes your breath away. And right. uh, not a single time have I ever experienced my neighbors who feel very similar to how we do about neighborhood schools. Right. And forgive me, but Dr. Sunil Dasgupta says that it's a controversial term. No, it's not. It's not. It's not a controversial term. It's a term that we believe that we have an expectation that our kids will attend local schools. Right. And they say that they're not going to be bust, but why is it that Stephen Austin is intercepting these attacks, but candidates like Lynn Harris, who, by the way, I've interviewed, very wonderful lady, uh, thinks that she's a smart, intelligent, and thoughtful person, that an email does not get scrutiny that she's written about rolling the dice. I'm sorry that we have to ask these tough questions. Oh, we absolutely. have, we yeah. must ask these tough questions. We must ask Lynn Harris why, what the deal was working for Ashcroft. Right. I sent Lynn Harris an email yesterday. It was a very, I thought it was a, a, a long sort of off the cuff email and express my sentiments that I think it's fair that we understand her jurisprudence at the time when she worked for the Bush administration who used the Patriot Act to limit American civil liberties and impacted Muslim Americans, Muslim immigrants. I'd like to understand where she stands on these issues. And it's not unfair to ask that. No. And if you agree with that, then I think you should reach out to Lynn and and, and, and ask her that. Oh, there's Stephen. Hey. Hey, how are you, sir? Doing well, thanks. Sorry, let me, um, I'm going to have headphones on just because I can't. Nope, that's fine. I think I got it. <laughs> okay. okay, I got it. How's it going, guys? It's going well. And, I, I, and Stephen, I told anybody who wants to creep in, come on in. Be glad to have you, but, and uh, I appreciate you, your time. I know you're a busy man, and Marissa, it's yeah. finally nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, my wife, who's upstairs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, right here at they're, they're in with me. But, uh, you know, Stephen, I, I, I wanted to talk to you, have another opportunity, because I really think that you've been mischaracterized. You've faced a lot of incoming attacks, and I think you've fielded them the best that you can. And But it, I know it... Just it has to be exhausting that it's like nonstop. You're you're constantly being targeted by people who I think never have actually reached out to communicate with you or asked to meet you. And there's ways to socially distance meet with people. And uh, I I just want to understand what what is happening and why it's happening. And I know we've talked before twice through interviews and uh, offline, but I, I really want to get your take on yeah, what's sure. what's going on. And yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. I'm sorry, the floor is yours. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, no, I hard to really say. Um, I have my own theories, um, and I'll I can easily entertain some of those, or we can talk about anything else. But well, look, I, I want to talk know. about. I, I, obviously, I want to understand, and I want to get through what is happening from your perspective yeah. because despite popular opinion among some people who live to uh, the east of us that you are not the devil incarnate 
Yeah. Um, you are not conspiring with a, an evil conglomerate to overtake the Board of Education. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not talking to Trump uh, to help. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, Brad Parscale, the campaign manager for Trump, is not on the line. And nope. uh, and if you and if he was, man, I would be the guy that would be like, what's the deal? I mean, you, you got a couple of Trump supporters who who back you just as the, the our friends down in the uh, in, in the, uh, the, Tom, the the Tacoma Park trapezoid. They have uh, some interesting people who back them. I get it. I understand it. It's political when it's a nonpartisan race. Yeah. But I think, I mean, look, I don't have, as you know, I don't have a lot of history in Montgomery County politics. I don't, I don't have a lot of history in Montgomery County in general. I mean, I've been here for a little over four years. Um, you know, I paid a little bit of attention to some of the local politics, but I never got into the real weeds of it like I am right now. So I know that there's been, uh, you know, nasty races in the past. But I've never I've never witnessed them. Now I've heard from people, and you probably know better than I do, that this one is particularly nasty yeah. uh, as far as nastiness goes. Um, I think there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, it, I, I believe that a particular individual, I'll go ahead and name her Jill McFaust, is um, <laughs> feels feels personally, I don't know, um, like we're going after her personally, and I don't I don't think that's true. Um, you know, she is the architect behind a lot of the really unpopular things that MCPS has done that got my group to the size that it is today. Uh, let's not mince words with that. No, um, no, no, we shouldn't. You know, and and she, so I think, you know, I'll, I'll have to give her credit. She is a bulldog, right? I mean, um, I'll give her that. And I can understand sitting in her position yeah, she feels like the world's coming at her doorstep trying to get her for whatever reason, you know, like, but at the end of the day, I, I'm, I do believe in accountability. And I do believe when someone does something like she did, uh, that had the impact on the community that it had, mm -hmm. it, you, it's fair game to call that out. Right. I mean, and that's all we were doing. Jill has uh, this perpetual, and I know Jill, my wife knows Jill and we have not agreed on issues, but I have always tried to be fair with Jill. Jill likes to get into the weeds, and look, she's a fighter, and yeah. and I understand that. And she's taken some incoming attacks. I've seen some of the comments that were directed at her, and I will say, some of the comments that were directed at her are repulsive. They're, they, they should yeah. have never happened, and it saddens me that it has, and she feels like that she is being attacked. Yes, now Jill ortman Faust is a private citizen. And yeah. there's a there's a layer to that. And if you're a private citizen, then sure. However, I will say that Jill has gotten into the weeds of these issues. And, oh, yeah. and, and I will say that Jill has taken a lot of unnecessary swipes at you. She's taken a swipes to say that any time, oh, well, she notices that if Trump supporters are donating to you, therefore bad. No, this is a nonpartisan race. If I see Bernie Sanders supporters donating to Lynn Harris or Dasgupta, then I, I have a problem with that, right? And yes, it's not, it's Trump is, uh, we're not Trump supporters. The people in the group, some are, some aren't, but it's about education. They don't say, well, this guy's a Trump supporter, he's not a Trump supporter, therefore we're gonna vote for him. They're gonna say, this guy supports and champions my policies, 
we believe in and supporting a neighborhood schools concept. And again, once again, Dr. Desgupta likes to think that, and who's a nice guy, I like him, I interviewed him, but he's, he, the whole, con it's a controversial term. No, it's not. It's not a controversial term. You're telling people that it's a controversial term and therefore what it is? No, it's not. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'd like to understand Dr. Dasgupta's fuzzy budget math as well, but we'll get into that yeah. in a bit. But, but, but Stephen, look, uh, uh, Kim and I have talked a lot about this race, and we're sort of dumbfounded by the way that this conversation has gone. And it's really destructive because kids are watching. My kids, my daughter, she read the piece that the two individuals wrote, and it's not worthy it's even mentioning them, but it's a really bad piece. It was a tragically awful piece of writing. They did themselves a disservice. Other people are sharing it. And then when Eric Lukey, who's not a nice man, jumped into this conversation and started attacking you, it just made it perpetually worse. And then just call us right-wing cronies. My wife is not a right-wing crony. I don't know any right-wing cronies, to be honest. But I don't even know what a right-wing crony is. Maybe so. Paul Manafort? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he supports me. I uh, hope not. I think he's, in, uh, I think he's on home... Home confinement, yeah. but it's not the language. And God bless my good friend George Leventhal, who's really a, a, Kim and I know him. He's a yeah. wonderful guy, and I, it, it's just like he jumped on this bandwagon of of beating you up, and it's just like George, uh, you, you're 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 just perpetuating the bully stereotype. And I gotta call you out, man. Enough. Yeah. Stop. Well, it. it's it's even worse for him because he was a member of our group until he's he kind of went off the rails and we kind of just removed him because it's like we. I mean, it's funny. Uh, I mean, maybe it's a good time to address that whole situation. Please. Is that you know one of the criticisms that we get on social media a lot is oh we have this private group that <laughs> uh, bans certain people for quote unquote um, sharing their opinion. Um, no. Uh, we have a private group that kicks people out when they're disruptive or disrespectful or they lie about things or stuff like that. And we have a right to do that. It's a private group. It's not my can It's not my official campaign group. We have a, an official campaign group, which I do not kick people off of. I've not banned a single person from that group. And I'll also mention that one Montgomery, which is where these candidates are essentially represented they also block people. They've blocked a lot of members of my group recently. Yep. So I've been I mean, blocked. you know, like that's, yeah, it's not a very valid argument when that, when you're doing the same thing and, and, you're, and I'm sure they're doing it for the same reason. They, they don't, they want to be like, they want to have a group of like-minded individuals that have, carry on, you know, what they consider civil discourse about uh, trashing me. And, um, you know, I, I respect their right to do that. It's a private group. They can do whatever they want. I've never criticized them for doing it. Um, but it's like, come on, guys. Is that the best you have? I mean, it's... Well, it's, it's, just... it's, it's a few people. And, and I want to say that they're welcome to say whatever they want about you. You're a candidate. You are a, a public figure. You are someone who has put your name onto a ballot. Your policies deserve scrutiny in our conversations. I've talked to you about that, and you've always acknowledged that it, that's the case. Yes, you will intercept scrutiny. Yes, you can scrutinize your position, and they can say whatever that they want to say about your campaign, the way that you're running it. 
I get that. It, and yeah. you have acknowledged that, you've admitted that, but the but the boundary, no pun intent, has been crossed when yeah. they are doing weird stuff like emailing your wife. That's yeah. not okay. And no matter <laughs> how many tweets Jill Ortman Faust would like to send out saying that Jeffrey Slavin, who's the mayor of Somerset, and I'm sorry, if he's listening, if anybody of the Democratic establishment in Montgomery County are listening, it is not okay to do that. And for you to have that adverse reaction as you did, I, I, I mean, I would too. Yeah. And, and just Saturday, my wife, my wonderful, wonderful wife, who is <laughs> sitting there in the corner, she said that she supports you. And then you have Montgomery County executives close confidant and very dear friend, Helen Elizabeth Burns. And I have to bring this up. I really do. And I, I called my wife a certifiably insane and a psychopath. I mean, and legitimately she had, certifiably insane. And now, you know, and then you have these goofballs like Alan Zeibel, who is like, I, I don't know what he does all day, but he apparently, I mean, he's this former Wall Street Journal reporter, spends his time and is trashing people, then runs away, scurries away when you try to confront him, blocks you. Uh, you, you know, I, I see these nonstop, I, I'm just scrolling through this. It's like, what, 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 when are we going to talk about the issues? And yeah. they want to know about your job. They, they want to attack you and say, oh, Stephen Austin's being secretive about his job. Well, let me just explain this from this perspective, and Kim can attest to it. I've had people who have called my place of employment, because I don't do this full-time. I couldn't, I couldn't sustain <laughs> myself this full She laughed. I couldn't sustain myself doing this full-time. I have people call my, my job, my work, employment, because they didn't like an opinion of mine, and instead of being reasonable thoughts, they've tried to get me fired, right? Yeah. has nothing to do... And you... I don't blame you for not wanting to, to tell people, and it wasn't a grand conspiracy for you to keep that secret. I get it. I get it. I understand why. And yeah, if you, you, you go through, you win this thing, you got to talk about that. But, you know, I got to tell you, some of these folks that are, that are going after you, man, it's like I, I, there's a tax, and then there's like crossing the line of calling supporters like my wife of yours a psychopath and legitimately certifiably insane, which is, it's, it's horrible. That's, yeah, that's beyond the pale. I mean, it really is. And it's like, you know, it, it's one thing, again, like you said, I'm open for criticism. Let's talk about, I mean, I've been posting a lot of research and policy and everything um, way more frequently than I've been addressing the, the, the hatred and the lies. Uh, and I don't see any engagement on that. Because it's like, I mean, there's a guy, I don't want to trash him because he's, he's a harmless kid, but, you know, he goes on these, um, these forums and he brags about he hasn't read the boundary analysis report. He doesn't even have kids. I'm like, dude, I, I, I had it read in a week I, with my kids on, you know, at home doing distance learning and doing my job. It's that important. You don't like, it's not something to brag about that you haven't read it. Um, and I suspect... I don't know for sure, but I suspect a lot of the other, uh, you know, one Montgomery candidates also have not read the whole thing because they don't talk about it much. Um, yeah. 
you know, and I, and I am proud of the analysis that I did, but that's what I do. I mean, you want to talk about my, what I do for a living. Yeah. I do deep analysis on financial statements as part of my job. And then I invest people's money. Yeah. That's what I do. Millions and millions, billions of dollars. Okay. That's a big responsibility. And we have a saying in my business and I'm not going to do the expletive, but the numbers better effing be right. Okay. <laughs> like when you, when you're working with other people's money and you know, your fiduciary duty is on the line, you better have done your homework. And so that's why I, not only did I publish the numbers that I, that I uh, was able to, to figure, you know, pull out of the data they provided, which they should have done on their own, but they didn't. Um, I also provided the source file that has all of my calculations in it for anyone to check my numbers. Has Juan Montgomery even tried that? No, well, they don't care because it doesn't it doesn't fit their narrative, and so they don't even want to talk about it. No, and yeah. Marissa, another narrative, Marissa, is that they they got this weird thing that they think people who live in Potomac, North Potomac, anywhere, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in the zip code, what's this? We're two zero eight seven eight. Potomac's what two zero eight seven. Two zero eight five four. Two eight five So anybody who lives in that zip code, uh, instantly it's privilege or it's a yeah. uh you know you wouldn't understand what we understand and uh how dare you speak and lecture us from your potomac mansions how so it's very funny because yeah. you know i told you i'm a hispanic democrat in the county um my husband also grew up and he uh, grew up in wheaton and uh he grew up what would have been a farms kid uh had his parents allowed him to do so um, and so, you know, he was really like a bootstraps kind of guy who got himself out the way that he could and, and, you know, went to school and did all he had to do. And he lives here now. And he actually, he jokes that, um, the, he worries about our kids having it too easy and what that will mean, because he's like, my life as a kid, like struggling is an advantage because no one will outwork me. And no one will outdo these things. And so he's offended that, you know, people are like, oh, our poor children. He's like, no, this is not a poor, this is, they're figuring it out and they're going to, they're going to make, they're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And somebody made a comment in the group that, that they have been accused of white fragility because they don't agree with them. And they're, they're writing pieces. And I'll give you an example Dan Reed, who's a smart guy, and I've known Dan Reed, not well, but I, I know who he is. We met once. We had a cup of coffee at a Starbucks down in North Bethesda, ironically enough. And Dan Reed is a smart guy, and he has some really unique ideas. But it, when you are attacking people that you don't even take the time to really talk to, really understand where they're coming from, and just want to label them. Right. It's not fair. And I and I know that people who are watching or people who are trying to watch later will listen to the podcast, but we've got to talk to one another and we teach our kids that to resolve conflict, to understand first and to listen, to ask questions, to respond with sympathy and compassion and to truly understand the other person's position. And I have not seen that I have seen some people from the group, um, Montgomery County neighbors for local schools in the beginning, it was, there was, it was a little intense. And I, I, I admit that. And, 
Stephen, you have done a good job moderating and toning down the conversation. If anybody makes any disparaging remarks in your group, it's immediately deleted and the person's contacted to say, hey, you need to, to, to reframe this, your words to make them more palpable or, or, or but yeah. I don't understand why it's that you, you're constantly being lobbed. Uh, it's just bomb after bomb. And yeah. people who think that you're just this awful, nefarious human being that is uh, an interrupter who came from New York City, uh, they don't know you. I, I've yeah. gotten to know you and I can tell you that you're, you know, you're not the guy that they're making you out to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Not at all. And it's Not just, all. it's just a, and it's almost weirdly that they're obsessed. Like they have said to one another, we cannot under any circumstances allow someone for whom we disagree with to disrupt a board of education of nine people. Like, you know, you're going to walk on there and become emperor. Yeah. <laughs> and they have taken this very seriously. And once an elected official in Montgomery County, this is how the Democratic establishment works. Once they put out the hit, it's just like the mafia. And I know that George Leventhal hates when I say that, but it's, we've lost a lot of Sopranos and I've done a lot of research on the mafia. It's just like them that they use fear and intimidation and they don't stop. And, and then they will, they will come after you in the most grotesque ways until you shut up or you go away. And I can tell you right now, to anybody who's watching this this live, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to take your BS, and we're not going to be quiet. You're going to have to deal with us. So you better learn to start communicating and using your big words, because we're not going to be quiet. Yeah. And stop, and, and stop using the same... It's like they have two rallying cries to essentially get the most, what I call bullying... Uh, justification mileage out of their grievances. So there's the, the there was an, another hit piece, which um, Joel Rafaus loves to post whenever she feels threatened. It's, it's um, titled, it was, it was posted on one Montgomery's website. It's titled um, stop attacking students who stand up for equity or something like that. Mm -hmm. And this was um, their original hit piece. And basically what they did was they lifted a bunch of posts from other people they have like one from me, which I'd have to look at it again, but I'm pretty sure I stand by it. Um, it but, you know, she, she used, they, they love to use this guilt by association, uh, mental gymnastics, you know, oh, because these other people said this stuff on his group and he said something that's kind of in the same directional vein as them. Therefore, he's responsible for all of this. Yeah. And by the way, all probably all of those posts, if not, you know, if not, maybe it's like 95% of them were deleted almost immediately. But of course they, they have people just hanging out, taking screenshots all, all the time. Yeah. And so like the entire piece is complete garbage. I mean, it's it, like, you won't even find those comments on our group if you went on to look for them and they use that. That's one. Oh, you attacked the students. No, we did. Personally, I didn't attack the students. I attacked I didn't even attack. I criticized a sitting student member of the board who is a office holder and really criticized more of what she did and the process that they, that they followed. And I stand by, I'm sorry. Like if you're, if you want to go serve and get a full vote and as an adult member, you, you know, 
you are a public you are a public figure as well and i never attacked her per, as a person like the, the smob and never say anything about her family i never say anything about her uh as as an individual and um you know so so they have that and then now they have the new hit piece which is as you already know as everyone that's read it it is an even bigger fabrication and a bigger guilt by association and mental gymnastics exercise um and you know they act like it's fact i mean you mentioned alan seibel the guy the guy goes out and says oh no that piece is perfectly accurate it's 100 percent true it's an opinion piece and no it's not <laughs> like what well are you talking about? i, I want to say that in my time getting to know you i have learned that you are indeed not part of the george soros uh uh, or Donald Trump or whatever right-wing power brokers meeting, uh, the Grand Poobah meeting that meets uh, at the Capitol Hill Club on Mondays at noon. Um, you're not homophobic, which you have been accused of because you ref you did not fill out some sort of uh, umpteen questionnaire that they send out. Uh, you are, you're, you're which, not- Which by the way, which by the way, I'll also mention, I also did not fill out well, A, the union ones, but I had issues with those on, for other reasons. But I missed the uh, gifted or the um, magnet program one, which I actually wanted to fill out. But again, like sometimes you just get so busy and you, you know, you miss these deadlines. And that's exactly what happened with that questionnaire as well. Uh, it's nothing personal. And, you know, I missed the, the gifted and talented one. I missed, there was another one I missed. Oh, it was the um, Poolsville one. And I felt horrible about that one. I went ahead, like I was only a day or two late. Hopefully they took it anyway, but I did miss the deadline. Um, you know, and so it's nothing personal. And that sh I don't know how that means I'm homophobic, but uh, again, mental gymnastics. Um, now, yes, you, you've also uh, have been accused of some really bizarre positions and the most common complaint that I hear is that it you are you and members of this group are wildly overreacting to the boundary analysis study that it is incomprehensible. It's inconceivable that you would possibly think that your children would be bust. In fact, one of the candidates said this yesterday at a forum, 100 percent assured us it's never going to happen. Yeah. But. You, one of your opponents is saying, let's roll the dice. Let's yeah. roll the dice. One of your opponents who worked yeah. for John Ashcroft. Why is it unfair to ask that question? And right. I, I want to say this. Yeah. Len Harris, I sent you an email to, yesterday. I'm, I really do hope that you respond because yeah. we know we, you owe it to people to explain your jurisprudence to help us understand whether you support the asylum cases and to understand whether or not you supported the Patriot Act under Mr. Ashcroft, who was a chief architect, who yeah. violated especially, multiple times civil liberties. Especially while, look, again, she, I asked uh, one Montgomery person today, who do you, who do you guys, um, who does one Montgomery uh, endorse? They said, "Oh, we can't, we can't pick because there's three, there's three great candidates, and everybody supports all of them." Okay, so you you endorse all of them. Um, so to have her stand by and allow one Montgomery to um, to personally go after me, or to go after me personally, I should say, because of one person who is on a pack of multiple people who happens to be a, an immigrant who's 
kid attends the Naval Academy and I will stand by anyone who does that. I mean, in terms of just serving our country, um, then makes some weird, crazy leap that because that person has a political belief that we've never discussed, it doesn't matter to my board of education run. And the fact that I've said numerous times, I'll continue to say, no one buys influence with me, whether it's political or monetary, okay? If, if the person that gave this, or if the PAC gave this money and said, listen, Stephen, we're only giving you this money if you agree to try to get ICE in the schools to deport students, then I would turn the money back, 100%. No one has ever said that to me. In fact, the, the person that they are going after, uh, she and I never even discussed our views on immigration or our views on national politics. We've only talked about the school system and that's where, that's where we stand. And the fact that people are attacking her, who again, a private citizen, by the way, who interviewed most of the candidates. So it's not like they didn't want this endorsement. Um, I just happened to be one, the one that they liked the most and not because of my immigration stance. Uh, we didn't even talk about it. And I just find that absolutely disgusting. Again, that's another part, that's one piece of the of the hit, uh, the recent hit piece by Mr. Fishback. But it's like, where do you get off attacking a private citizen who's, you know, who's, you know, an impressive individual, impressive family, and then try to somehow make the inference that that influence is influencing my campaign. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's not like and I said it please, online, yeah. but I, um, I want to touch base on that um, particularly because everything Steven said is a hundred percent how this works. And that pack was her vote was the exact same weight as every single other person sitting in that room. So there was no, like, there's no extra ties that it's such a diverse group of people that sat on that pack. It was actually very, very interesting. And I was one of them. Um, and so there was no, no one's weight held higher than another. So it was ridiculous to go after her. I want to address the signs issue that we, mm -hmm. we hear. Steven, I know that some of your signs have been misplaced. I've seen them that I, I know that you know that, but you, we keep hearing this thing about yeah. illegal signs, illegal sign placement. That seems to be one of the, the, the go-to gripes. Do you want to address that? Yeah, sure. Um, so let, let's start with the, the rules as we understand them. Uh, it's, it's confusing as to whether, or was confusing as to whether or not they've changed. We figured it out. They have not changed. So the, what happened was, uh, a lot of our opponents, uh, particularly Dasgupta supporters, made a, a, a huge effort, because apparently they have a lot of time on their hands, to go and complain to the, um, the permit office about, about my sons. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Fishback has some stuff online, which I, I thought was pretty crazy, too, because he actually published the email address of the, the permit inspector, which I think is not really cool to do, but whatever. Um, so they actually were misinterpreting the current rules. And we went back to them after those emails that uh, Mr. Fishback published and explained to them our interpretation of the rules. Now, were some of our signs misplaced? Yes, absolutely. 
there were some, you know, some of my supporters that had signs had put them on state highways, which is not okay. We had those removed. We, we actually went and removed them. Um, but, you know, as we understood the rules, there's, you know, there's a, there's a time frame as you get closer to the election where signs are allowed. And, and actually, by the time I, I went back and forth with the uh, permit inspector, he kind of, he basically admitted, yeah, your interpretation has some merit. We'll help you to decipher, you know, where you need to move it, where, you, you know. And I said, I asked him, I said, well, do you think you could give us a little more than five business days to address this? And he said, um, well, you know, well, that's how many we gave you. And I said, yeah, but David Trone, who also um, was, had some complaints about his signs, was given 30 days. And I gave him the article and he, and he wrote me back. He said, well, how many days do you need? I said, well, you know, let's split it in half. Give me 15 days. And he said, okay. So he said, don't put any more new signs. We have not put any more new signs. And we've been removing the ones that uh, we've, he's identified as um, problematic. On the other hand, a lot of my supporters have spotted Sunil Dasgupta signs that are in the same spot that mine are. All, they're <laughs> all Har over the place. Lynn Harris signs that are in the same place that mine are. So I don't really understand why they're so they're they're um, such purists on uh, incorrectly interpreted sign law for me, but not for anyone else. And now I also throw in, which I went ahead and submitted a complaint. I don't know who to email at MCEA. I can't get a response from them for just about anything, but. I went ahead and emailed everyone I could find. The photographs that we have of her, she's on the board of the MCEA uh, Teachers Union. She has a Sunil Dasgupta logo on the side of her car. She's a big supporter. I believe she's part of his campaign. We have photographs of her taking my signs, which is not okay. <laughs> we don't even know if they were legal or not. She believed they were, but it's not her job to, to collect those signs. And um, I went ahead and submitted a complaint for that because, you know, Turnabout's fair play, I guess. What Susan Loftus did was make a judgment call to steal your signs. And if you yeah. see this image right here, this is your sign being stolen by one of your opponent's chief supporters. Yeah. And I want people to see this. Yeah. This is someone who stole your property, and it would be nice if she gave it back. We and had a lot of private property signs disappearing as well, for what it's worth. And, and so I'd like to see if Dr. Dasgupta would apologize on behalf of his supporters. And I'd also like to see Lynn Harris take some responsibility for her supporters as well that have been nonstop attacking you. I think it reflects poorly on, on both of them. And I think that they owe you an apology. Not only that, I think that they need to come out and reframe this conversation. Both are good people. They care tremendously about our school system, and I would have no problem with seeing them sit on the board. I just think that they have an obligation to, to, to just tone it down, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our, our kids are watching. They are watching this closely. And if they saw this, Stephen and Kim and Marissa, I know our kids have been watching and we, we intercept their comments. And it's kind of funny because they are kids are so astute, a, a lot more than we are. And I, I got to tell you, like they pick up things that I never have picked up. And, you know, our daughter has said to us, like, I don't 
help me understand this position of why is this we are told this guy is so bad i mean it even filters down to students right you know all this yeah. stephen austin guy he's he, we're, we're, he's not to be believed he's bad he's he's wrong on the issue and she's like i i don't i don't get it like what <laughs> you want us to you're concerned about a us going to the closest school and and the neighborhood schools concept is not controversial, <laughs> and it's a simple platform. <laughs> it's a very simple platform, in in time immemorial, and uh, it's, you know, Kim, you could speak better than this than I can. I think you're a lot smarter than I, I am. No, no, um, but I think you know our daughters in seventh grade, our sons in tenth grade. So I've been dealing with them these this going it's been going on for 10 years now um and it's interesting it's definitely been taken to a whole new level this year but what i find and and i agree i i believe miss harris needs to call these people out because otherwise she's condoning them and she's condoning bullying and what i thought about today is every year at the beginning of the school year students and parents have to bring home the handbook for mcps and both parents and students are supposed to read it and sign it. And in there is a contract on bullying and social media, mm-hmm. which needs to be signed. And these people need to go back and read it because they are extreme bullies. It's okay to have a different opinion, but because someone has a different opinion than yours or a different view or a different experience, it doesn't make them stupid. It doesn't make them wrong. And it surely does not make them racist. There are experiences, and this is what I personally have been dealing with for 10 years, being involved with our kids in school. And it's progressively gotten worse. And I think the reason, honestly, that they're attacking Stephen the way they are is because those of us who live above the Beltway and have slightly different views have been a minority voice. And now we're getting a majority there's a lot more people. And Stephen is an extremely credible candidate. And they're worried. They're worried that someone with a different view is going to get in that board. And they, for some reason, think one person can just take over. And so they think it's okay to bully, but they really need to go back and see what they're doing because students now are voting this week for student member of the board. And a lot of schools are having their STA elections. And look at the example that these people are setting for our kids. And these people want to be in charge of making decisions for our kids? No, I I don't think so. And they can say what they want about me and call me whatever names they want. Well, I find it despicable. And if I have to seek legal recourse, I will. Well, we are. I mean, that's the direction that we have to because we don't know – this is a person that has attacked us and has insulted us and has nonstop just bothered us for a long time. We've asked her to stop. And I mean, she has no kids. No, no children. She's no a, children in MCPS. A, a, that's, a, that's a typical pattern I see. That there's no skin yeah. in the game. So a, they're just, you know. a close confidant of Montgomery County Executive Mark Elrich, who has endorsed Lynn Harris. These are the attack machines of Tacoma Park. They will go after you. And I just want to say to Helen Elizabeth Burns, who is probably not watching and is tweeting more (laughs) insults, that what you said really hurt us and what you said made us fearful and what you said made us second guess whether or not our kids are safe. And as a parent, 
I don't think you understand that anytime we second guess whether our kids are safe is when it, it becomes real, really real. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just want people to understand that, that it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a game. It's not funny to insult people like that, to deem them certifiably and say it's not, it's not clever, it's not cute, it's hurtful. We would never expect our kids to say that. And another thing is, is like you know, I gotta tell you, my my friend Lily Chi, who's a state delegate, endorsed Jay Guan. She's taken some incoming heat, and Lily is about one of the finest public servants in Annapolis. Truly, and I think that I think the world of her. Jay Guan was attacked because he misspoke about a. You know, he's a, he's a English as he speaks English as a second language, and he misspoke about. Uh, he he made the phrase "colored people," and he was called racist. By, yeah. by Dan Reed, actually. Yeah, by Dan. <laughs> And even after he apologized and explained like the cultural difference and how it's translated into his language, which makes perfect sense when, I mean, I would never yeah. know how to translate. It made sense. And English isn't his first language. And then to continue attacking him yep. for it. He never apologized. He never took the tweet down. No. Um, yeah, that one really struck a chord with me. I think I told you this already, Ryan, but, you know, my wife is a Japanese immigrant and um, you know, I speak Japanese. I'm not good at it, but I, I, I studied a couple of years in college and we do, we go to Japan a lot. My in-laws don't really speak English, so I have to speak Japanese to them. And so I know enough about the language that, and I, I've known my wife for over 20 years and I know, that, and you know, Japanese has Chinese characters as well. And I know that the translation is very difficult and you can live in the United States for as long as she's lived here so she was like 18 um, and never feel comfortable with those translations. And to this day, when she sends an email to somebody, uh, she'll call me to her computer and she'll say, can you please check my English? I, I'm, you know, she's horrified that she'll say something that's a, a wrong translation and, and embarrass herself. And so I completely relate to what you know, Jay was going through and I, I, I took it upon myself. He's an opponent. I like him. He's a great guy. And I was like, look, you don't, you don't attack my friends like that. You don't, you know, like that's very insensitive. That's culturally insensitive. And I'm not going to stand by and not call it out. So, you know, uh, and I'm glad that at least some of the people that piled on did actually delete their tweets, but, um, I mean, there's no excuse for that. Just three days ago, Jill Ortman Faust, and her Twitter handle is at Jill for all Moco. Well, that's interesting because it only seems like a segment of Moco. She wrote, yep, comma. And by the way, the person who reached out to his wife, and I'm referring to your wife, Stephen, is also a member of a vulnerable target group and feared for his own safety because of S.A., Stephen Austin's relationship with the hate group. As someone who has been attacked for months, I can't imagine how much worse it is for vulnerable uh, pop, pops, assuming that's population. And I, I read that tweet, and what she is doing is condoning what happened to your wife. Yeah, she's she's making excuses for it, and not only that, like let, let's 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 be upfront about this. 
Okay. Go, I challenge someone to go onto our group and look for one homophobic post from any member. It's not there. I don't think I've ever even seen one ever. Like, I'm not talking about deleted it. I'm talking about I've just never seen it. And if I had, I don't care if that person was my mother, I would kick them off the group immediately. Okay. Let's just start there. So when you say that our group threatens a vulnerable group, I think you, the onus is on Jill Ortman Faust to be more specific about what she means. Okay. Because that is a really dangerous statement to make. And look, I mean, I don't know Jeffrey Slavin, never met the guy. I hope I never do at this point. I want him to stay away from my family. Um, but I let's also let's also uh, take a look at some more details behind this person, right? He's he's in the government, okay? So that's already a place of privilege. Let's call it that. He's a white male. He sent these emails to a Japanese immigrant woman, okay? Let's. I mean, is that okay? Like, he also is mayor of one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the United States, okay? So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what she's referring to about a vulnerable group, but he's also part of a lot of really powerful groups. So, you know, I, I just don't I, like if you did, if she had one iota of infra, of some kind of evidence that I had said something to this guy or done something to threaten this guy. OK, let's have that conversation. But I have not done that. He he reached out just on his own out of the blue and took it upon himself to say these really horrible things to my wife. And, and just like you, we didn't feel safe. Okay. She like, I, she didn't want me to even say anything to anyone because she is worried that more people are then going to come after her as, you know, justifying their bullying the way that, that Jill seems to be doing. And, and I'm frankly worried about it too, because I've seen how these people are, and how vicious they can be, and it wouldn't surprise me. That's a, it's, um, it's, a, it's they're they seem like they're obsessed. And why is it that I, I'm not saying that it would happen, but I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you how I feel, how she and I have dealt with this. This was a a tough weekend. When I asked my, I I, I said, "What do you want to do?" And you know, and I'm, I said, "I'll do whatever you want." And my first instincts is to protect my family and we're talking about over a board of education race where people are intimidating you and making you feel unsafe in your home i don't know i don't know if helen elizabeth knows where i live i'm sure she does because it's easy to find her address i I don't know if she would ever target my kids i mean if she's going to that extent to legally diagnose my wife with a mental illness then what else would she do and i just and i have to ask that question as any reasonable parent any reasonable adult, what else would they do? What else would people who have gone to this distance to attack us, to attack you, to say horrible things to Marissa? And and by the way, I'm not a victim here, but please, please understand, I'm I'm no victim, okay? I have, yeah, exactly. Uh, we, yeah, I have skin thicker than you can imagine. Kim and I have been in hell through back and, in politics, and it's kind of like this, we just brush it off, but there are some things that we simply cannot ignore, and if this is the conversation we're going to have, then by God, let's have it, folks, okay? If you're going to put us on the spot, and you're going to say these things about people, 
you're going to say these things about, uh, you're going to make these assumptions, these baseless, nonsensical assumptions that have no root in fact, then step up and be ready. And I call on these people, these, these folks who I think would have a much different demeanor if they came into a Zoom conversation or if we did a, a social distanced uh, discussion where we all got together in a park somewhere and had a conversation. I tell you what, they're much different when you get them offline. I'd love for, oh, yeah. right? I mean, I'd love for the Alan Zibels and the, you know, the 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 Bridget Howe. By the way, Bridget Howe is one of the nicest, sweetest, decent people I've ever met in person in Montgomery County politics. And 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 I know you're shaking your head, Kim, and I disagree with you, but I would never, never, ever believe that. Well. Based on- her persona online. And, oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and, and, never. and Stephen, uh, Jill and I have had our differences, but Kim and I met her a couple of years ago with Rebecca Smondrosky at the Starbucks Coffee over in downtown Crown, and we had the most wonderful, delightful conversation, and I've never seen it. I've never seen this side before, and I understand. Well, I did. Yeah. I mean, I did. I supported Jill in the beginning when she ran the lap before and she and I ended up having words and not even words. I disagreed with her when during her last term when she and George actually wanted to put condoms, make them available in middle schools. And I rallied against that. And I was even interviewed by WUSA 7. Um, they reached out to me because I was very vocal in that, okay, if you want to make condoms available in high schools, okay, but let's add some information along with that, you know, like how to be safe, what you should do. Let's, you know, if you need to talk to someone like girls, are you feeling pressured into having sex? Yada, yada, yada. But I was not okay with making condoms available at the middle school level as that's just my personal opinion. I didn't put it on anyone else. But as a parent and someone who was part of the PTA, I vocally voiced that opinion. And Jill took it personally, I guess. She ended up unfriending me. She blocked me. And then she went on to be the victim because apparently I was nasty because I had a different opinion from hers. Right. And look, I'll give you another example. That's her game. That's what she does. I'll give you another example. You know, Laurie Halverson, I disagree with Laurie Halverson politically. She's one of the most honest and decent, understanding, capable intelligent people that I have met in Montgomery County politics. We don't agree much on politics in general, and we've had our our disagreements back and forth, but she's one of the most polite and decent people I have met in politics, and I have nothing but respect for her. And that's the difference, is that we can talk to people and have respect for them, but Laurie, she, I don't know, maybe in the confines of her home she's cursed me, and that would be kind of funny. My own wife does it. But... Uh, we, we have but a no, George attacked Lori the other day on that thread. And, and I, I don't think that was right. I mean, she was very respectful in her opinion while it was different from his. And, you know, there's no reason to attack her. Here's, here's the resolution that I want to, this wasn't just a complaint about people, Steve yeah. attacking Stephen Austin. My, my goal was to, to really talk about these issues and get them out in the open because we can't just keep doing this keyboard warrior stuff. It's not, how I operate. It's not how you operate, Stephen, or Marissa, or Kim. And I always say, look, I give people my cell phone number. Seriously, if you want to call me, 301-991-4220. Just don't call me after 11. Uh, 
If you want to call me, call me. Let's talk about it. And I do this all the time. She gets mad at me because I do that. And then I'll sit. She knows it. I'll sit there and talk to people for hours at a time on the phone. Um, and then we come to some nice, simple agreement. But Stephen, we've got to be able to talk to one another. And here's the thing. I want to, I want to say this. If people who are really vehemently against your campaign, that's fine. Of course it's fine. But if they want to talk to you and they want to come on and do a Zoom session, I'll open this up at any time, any time to have these conversations. But if they want to continue to set and be keyboard warriors and be nasty and, and mean and, and spiteful and say things that they know that will get a rise out of their friends, then that's okay. But I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in having this dialogue a respectful dialogue. And I invite Jill to come on. I invite Alan and George and anybody else who wants to come on and have a conversation. It'll be fair. It'll be pleasant, I hope. And we'll talk about the disagreements and show people how functioning adults actually, uh, how functioning adults uh, work together, you know, coexist is my, the word I was looking for. Right, right. Marissa, I mean, look, you teach your kids that. Yep. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's really not. Really not. I mean, if a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old can figure it out, I, I don't understand why grown adults can't figure it out. Yeah. And Stephen, I think you just keep doing what you're doing. Put out all the data. Just, you know, ignore. Because I think, in a way, responding sometimes just gives them more credibility in their head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it just feeds their fire. And I think you're doing the right thing. I think you're just putting the information out there. Ask, you know, ask us to share it, you know, with our friends, because that's information that's not out there that a lot of people who aren't involved on a daily basis in this stuff, who don't really pay attention, they need to see that. Yeah. They need yeah. to understand that. I know. Yeah, agree. I mean, it's just basic stuff like, hey, you know, you got candidates throwing out there, oh, we've got 10,000 students that don't have, you know, that are over capacity. We've got 10,000 seats that are available. We'll just move them around. Well, if you haven't actually done the analysis on that, you don't really know how many of those students you can really move. I ran the numbers. It's maximum 3,400. And realistically, it's more like 1,000. So, I mean, that kind of completely negates certain candidates' entire financial positions Uh and they can't even, I, I would love to hear them uh, come up with why my numbers are wrong, but instead all I get are attacks. And look, I'll just say one more thing about the attacks. It's dangerous, okay? Uh, you know, Hans Riemer just had people come to his house, okay? Yeah. You whip people up enough that on these trumped up mental, mentally, uh, mental stretch gymnastics about how I'm a homophobe and how I'm a racist and a segregationist, People could show up at my house too. And I was horrified when I read that about Hans Riemer. I'm not a big Hans Riemer fan, but I, but I will be on his side every time. You do not go to a person's house, okay? I'm sorry, you just don't. I had a dream about Hans Riemer that night. I had a dream that he called me for advice on how to handle uh, personal attacks. <laughs> Oh. That's some dream. Yeah. 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 Dreaming about Hans. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, look, you're right. They showed up to his house on Saturday afternoon and marched around with their signs. And his two kids were home. And 
over a union vote where he held the fiscal line against the county executive who wants to raise taxes and wants to uh, bloat the budget, especially during a global health pandemic and the the state's wealthiest county. Good for Hans. I mean, look, I'm, uh, it's no secret. I'm a fiscal. <laughs> I, I am fiscally responsible in my politics. And I, I think that these are conversations that we need to have. Well, I would much rather have a budget conversation. Oh yeah. And wonk out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I would, I would love to be wonky about Dr. Dasgupta's fuzzy math. Um, <laughs> so that he, like that he somehow work. just, yeah, he's heard my, my uh, analysis. I know he has, and he's, I don't know if it's just that he feels like, wow, it's on my website and I've been talking about it all along. So I can't abandon it. Yeah. But not only did like, if I were him, I just know how I am when I'm when I'm wrong and I'm trying to like bluff people. I would do anything I could to avoid talking about the budget. But it's crazy because he'll go to these forums and he'll actually like go at me, uh, and I'm like, wow, okay, let's tangle. All right, I like this. Because um, look, bottom line, I think you guys saw my post today. Bottom line, it's pretty easy. I mean, I can get into the details any any day, but I won't do it right now. He wants to give away. Give back to the, I mean, and, and I'm, this is a minimum because this is, these are the increments he's talking about. He says $100 million will get us $8 million to hire teachers with. That's 8%. It's really 5%. So it's really $5 million. He wants to give up a cumulative $600 million of construction funding in the hopes that the county won't issue that debt and they'll take what they would have paid for interest expense and move that into the operating budget. He has no guarantee from the county executive that this would ever happen. I happen to be, it's common knowledge that there's more projects than there is uh, funding. Uh, my belief is the county council would say, hey, you guys sure you don't want this? Uh, that would say, you know, we don't want it. We're sure we're going to move these kids around. We got it. We got this. Okay, cool. Well, we'll issue that debt for our own uses. And we, no, we will not move that extra money to the operating budget. That's what's going to happen. So what I'm trying to say is, it, A, it's a financially naive thing to, thing to use as your platform, and B, it's very dangerous and, and irresponsible because if you gave back $600 million of construction funding, I'm sorry, we need new schools, okay? I don't care if you move every kid to an available seat. We still have schools that are falling apart, and those schools are not are not cheap to build. Build costs are $350 a square foot. You can run that math on any school and you're well into $200, $300 million easily. And there's multiple schools that need to be rebuilt. So I'm sorry, that is just unacceptable. And it's, it's, it's just, it's dangerous. It's it, like for MCPS. Well, I think. and again, I want to say this just for clarity that uh, if any of your supporters <laughs> God forbid they get out of hand and say things that are inappropriate. I know that you'll call them out and you'll ask them to stop. And yep. you'll put the kibosh on that quickly. But I will say this again, and I really hope that if they are listening, and I mean this sincerely, if some of the your opponents, namely Dr. Dasgupta and Lynn Harris, whose supporters have been the most vocal, the most active, I really hope that they condemn the attacks and stop and ask to reframe this conversation in a polite, respectable debate. 
please disagree with Stephen on issues, but stop with this just nonstop keyboard Twitter crap. And I mean, if we saw our kids doing that, I know if Kim and I saw, we'd we'd be horrified. We'd put a stop to that right yeah. away. And yeah. I and I just I want people to understand that this discussion was not was was set up so that we could openly discuss these issues because I've seen a lot of incoming fire at people involved with this group and I've seen you attacked I've seen my wife my wife has been attacked everybody has been like accused of something egregious that we are not that we don't hold these feelings that we're told just because they think it's true that it's somehow true no I'd ask you just to have a conversation with people in this group who you disagree with and talk about it. You may not vote for Stephen, and that's fine. That's perfectly within your rights. Vote for the candidate for whom you think will be best representative of Montgomery County Public Schools. Yeah. But but don't don't mischaracterize people. Don't don't lob unfair attacks at Marissa or Kim or you. It's just not. It's not right. And what are we really doing when that happens? We're breaking down a community. We're breaking down a community. We're breaking down our neighbors and friends. And we might have to, we, you know, we see these folks at Board of Education meetings. I know you're not going to go away, Stephen. She's not going to go away. Kim is not. Marissa, she's not. I'm not going to go anywhere. And it, we have to see these folks at meetings. Maybe not Dan Reed because he doesn't have any children or Helen Burns. Um, at Board of Education, but I say we have to see these folks out in public. I don't want to feel awkward going around them. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't want to do that. Look, I'm 34 years old. I've made mistakes in my life, and I've come a long way. But I got to tell you, I I'm, I'm not interested in making any more enemies. I'm not interested in in that. I'm I'm, I'm interested in civility and and being able to talk to people. And just having a conversation, a dialogue. That's why I started this podcast five years ago, and it's risen to this. And I'm uh, I'm interested in finding common ground with people. People know that about me, and and I really want to see people engage on a higher level. And until and until this this nonsense stops, we're never going to rise above that. And it's going to be devastating to dialogue. And we're just going to dislike one another. And let me tell you, it is stressful to put up with it. I mean, really, it is. It, uh, Kim, Kim can tell you. I'm sure it's it, with you. and Mar It is stressful to be misidentified, to be attacked, to be mislabeled. It's, it really is. It's not fun. <laughs> That's what I mean. Well, and, the, and like you said, the kids are watching. Um, you know, look, one of the, I think, well, criticisms, I don't know. And I don't think it's totally unfair, especially if you're just saying it in general. Um, but, you know, we do have, when you look at the, the SMOB selection process, we do have a uh, uniquely similar <laughs> political positions that tend to come out in both final candidates. Uh, part of that, I think, is because there's not a full-on uh, democratic, you know, Hunger Games type selection process like what I'm going through. But knowing what I know now, I I'm horrified. Imagine if there's a kid that that had a different opinion, and 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 these kids are watching what these adults are doing, and they think this is okay behavior. I could yeah. easily see cyberbullying happening at the high school level. For like, we had a candidate. Uh, we did not. We. I mean, there was a candidate that I had met 
who tried to run for uh, SMOB with a neighborhood school's platform. And he was actually bullied on Twitter. I saw, you know, I saw people making fun of him, um, you know, and, and it's like, it, and that was just for, I mean, he got in the race late and, and he only left, you know, he didn't make it through the primary, but I'm just saying, um, you know, kids watch this and, and this kind of behavior is not okay. And we need to make sure that we acknowledge that. And, you know, maybe the kids will see that too. I mean, I hope they do. Let me tell you this and then we can wrap it up. Cause I really want to go watch Shit's Creek. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are really, really anxious to watch Schitt's Creek tonight. Um, and I will say this, that when I moved from Washington County, I, I, I grew up in Washington County and Washington County is an interesting place. Uh, it, it's almost 99% white and I, I probably bumbled that, but it's, it's a very culturally conservative area. I was lucky and fortunate enough to go to college uh, at a great university in Pittsburgh. And I spent four years in a small, big city. And I was exposed to diversity really for the first time in my life when I went to Duquesne. Now, it, you know, it was a private Catholic university, but there was, a, there was a whole lot of diversity there. And then I moved to DC, and when I worked on Capitol Hill, um, even more diversity. And when I moved to Montgomery County, and when Kim and I got married, we settled and decided where we wanted to live. The first thing that I said was, please, please, let's give our kids an opportunity that we never had by being a product of not only Montgomery County Schools, which I believe are some of the best schools in the country, and we're lucky, we're so lucky where we live. But we have said over and over and over again, I am so just, I'm taken aback by how much diversity is in our public schools. And every day, Kim and I celebrate that. You know, our kids, their friends, they come from a number of ethical backgrounds that have been over to our house, that have dinner with us, who share in, uh, you know, special occasions. And, and it, it breaks my heart when people say that because you support a certain position that you're racist. Oh yeah, and that yeah. that really stings. And I know that people who might be watching from the outside that aren't that that want to still criticize whatever. I, I it, they might say, well, it is. Well, your position. It, it's like to to accuse somebody of that. It's it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And there, I just don't know how people. I mean, people when they're accused of racism, unfairly. I mean, how do you you, you can't fight. It's it, you just. It, it's yeah. almost it it almost deafens you. You just can't talk. And I yeah. there's, there's nothing to say. And then it's also like the the leap that gets made in the arguments. Um, you know, it's like, well, we we're just gonna move kids to their nearest school. I don't know why you guys are so are so bent out of shape. And then you try to you know you try to answer with actual data. And then they say, well, so you're a segregationist then is what you're saying. And you're like, wait a minute, how did you make that connection? Like, there's no connection there there whatsoever. We're just saying. You know, we, you, we can look at maps, we can look at data, and we can tell you for sure that if you get what you, if you do what you say you want to do, which is move 10,000 kids to 10,000 empty seats, you will increase travel times, 100%. No, hands down, no doubt about it, you will. So 
That's all we're saying. And I, we're all, and my, I ran on my bet that the majority of parents, when they're told that information and the fact that they don't get to choose which school they, you know, they pick for their kids, they won't want it. I don't care what socioeconomic background you have, how you were raised, where you're from. No parent wants that. Okay. Bottom line. And, and if, I, again, I don't know how that translates to racist, well, but whatever. I, and I want to say that some of the, the honest-to-God best people so far and that we have met in this race that have come over to our house, that spent some time with us and graciously accepted the invite for, the, for an interview, uh, Mitra and Jay uh, and, and uh, Anil, just... These are good people that really care about our school system. Some of your yeah. opponents, uh, really decent people. Yeah, and Agreed. and I and I mean that sincerely. There is not a, I, and I don't know them that well, but I can tell you that when when they sat down, just like you, at a table with me, we talked about policy. It was just two people wonking out over school board issues, <laughs> and uh, I, I I hope that. I really do hope that this conversation improves in the final week, Stephen. I really, I hope so. I'm, I will do anything that I can to open up this forum in in the smallest way possible. I know it's an incredibly small way, but I I, I want to ba basically just help with improving the conversation, and I I want to see the attack stop. But that's not to say that look, I'm not gonna if somebody's gonna launch an unfair attack. I mean, yeah. you can do a couple of things. You can ignore it, but you can only ignore it so long. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to fight back. And I, and yeah. I, I am. And it's not going to be unkind. I'm just going to fight back with the facts. And I think that it's fair. Look, they're going to call you out. I'm going to make sure that I use whatever platform that I have to highlight the bad behavior, uh, the bad examples being set. And that's just the way it is. And if they want to target me, I'm fair game. Come at me. Yeah. I got... I have thin, I have skin thicker than you can imagine. Just, I, I, I'm a, listen, I'm a scrappy kid from Western Maryland. Yeah, yeah. I can well, it's it. like, it's like today, all right? It, it was too much. Today, it was too much. It was. Right? I, I sat around when Eric Lutke, I was appalled by what he, he tweeted. Absolutely appalled. But I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. I didn't respond to him. Uh, when the other four or five state delegates went and retweeted and tweeted out that art, that, op-ed piece i let it go but then now i see a state senator um even admit that she doesn't know me it doesn't know the first thing about me but then goes ahead and posts this thing and then i see jill and her and her posse pile on i was like no I, this it's just gone too far it really has um you know because i like to try to stay above the fray i like to try to be the adult in the room and i like to try to uh, stay focused on the issues, and I think yeah. that's the right way to win. And but you know, sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you gotta call it out when you see it. Stephen, if you keep yeah. getting attacked, you're gonna raise a lot more money, my friend. And oh man, it's, it's coming <laughs> in every day. I, I, I'm, I have not asked. I'm, I'm incredibly humbled and gracious that you know it's it, the graciousness of of uh, my supporters. We have raised uh, over. Four, at this point, over $4,000, I believe. I mean, I'd have to go back and add it up in two weeks. Every time Joe Hortman Faust tweets, the dollar signs go up. It's yeah, unbelievable. Really, really helpful for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, going, and as somebody <laughs> watching this from the outside, 
the more that they tweet, the more that people see it, the more that money you're going to bring in, the more that you can get out your message, the more that you can put up signs in a legal way, and the more ads that you can buy. So every time that they are attacking you, every time that David Fishback wants to write another hate-filled article, they're they're within their rights. But let them let please continue to elevate your platform. Continue to put dollar signs on the board for you because that's what they're doing. And it's backfiring. How many people are joining the group or how many people are sending you messages every day to say that they're just disgusted? Yeah, it's it, it's growing by the day. Yeah. And there and you know, I'll just say one more thing about my group. <clears throat> There's 8,000 members. I'd say active members is probably, you know, in the hundreds really that are like active on a daily basis. Yeah. And there's theories out there by our opponents that, oh, well, you know, most people are just there to, to watch. They're, they're not there to be, they don't really support you. But I'll tell you one thing, since these ballots have been hitting, I've gotten, I can't tell you how many messages from just people who have never interacted on the group, never interacted with me and said, you know, I, I support you fully. I just can't, you know, I feel threatened, honestly, uh, to, to, express this publicly, but I, I just have to tell you, I really support what you're doing and I appreciate you and I voted for you. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so good. That, I, I, I don't even know what to say. That's humbling. And I will say, if anybody's listening on this group who listens to the rebroadcast and the podcast, if you at any time have been intimidated or you felt threatened or bullied by anybody attacking Stephen otherwise, or otherwise in this group, Call me, 301-991-4220 is my cell phone number. You will have a platform to respond, and you will have a platform to push back. And that is what I can offer. Not much, but you will have a platform, and your voice will be heard. Uh, Marissa, I'll give you, and then I'll go to Kim and Steven for the final word. Um, Well, thanks for having us. I think it was great. and um, fun. It was. I work on Steven's campaign with him. Um, and I can tell you that the things that I've learned about him in my, in our time together is that, you know, he's obviously a very precise financial guy, which we need, but he's also able to take advice and criticism really well. And I feel like that's really important for someone who's going up for a job like this. And also as a side note, as someone who's watched a lot of the board of education videos, do not let the other side tell you that they don't want to bust kids because I've heard it out of their mouths. They've said it. Pat, Pat O'Neill looked me in the face and she's like, my like colleagues want to redistrict this county. So, you know, like you can't, don't just fall into whatever they're telling you. This is what's going on. And Steven is the guy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Kim. Um, yeah, Steven, I think you just, keep doing what you're doing, keep throwing out the facts. Um, they obviously can't seem to handle that and and they don't have to come back, back to that. Um, and I would just say, if anyone out there is listening who is part of that whole little cabal of nastiness, you know what? Go ask your kids for their MCPS handbook. Here's your assignment. Go read the, con- go read the contract on bullying and social media posts that you signed and your kids signed and you turned into school to the principal at the beginning of the year, because I think you need a little refresher. And I think you really need to learn to set a much better example for our children, because there's no way in hell I want you in office representing my children or making decisions for them. Mm. And no, I'm just a scrappy 411 girl from Baltimore. So (laughs) 
keep it coming because oh, you know I'll mess around. I'm as stubborn as they get. <laughs> so, good job, Steve. And I voted for you today, and mail ballot's awesome. going in the mail. So that's good. Have at me, Jill. Thank you. <laughs> she will. Um, Stephen, I'll give you the final word, the man of the hour. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it. And thank you for setting this up as as, uh, as you've done in the past. And, um, you know, I'll just go back to the platform, right? Like, because that, at the, at the core, that's what we always go back to. I'm running to bring back transparency, accountability, and true community engagement to the Board of Education. Hands down. That's what I'm doing. I'm holding people accountable. I'm bringing data. Uh, a lot of the candidates out there say they're evidence-based. They don't really traffic in evidence. Um, I do. I'm a data person, and I, and I really appreciate what Marissa said about me, and I pride myself on that. Um, you know, I, I part of that maybe is I went to art school, and part of, you know, one of the, the biggest things you learn in art school is critique day because you put your heart and soul into your, into your work, and when somebody tells you there's – things you could have done better or, Hey, this is not good work. It, it's a hit to your ego. And eventually you learn how to, how to accept it because it's actually constructive criticism. And, and, and I, that's how I lead my life. I, I like, I'm always open to, to new ideas and that's why I put my data out there. I don't care if it's, if you're an opponent or, or a supporter, but if you find something that you disagree with and you have actual data to, to back it up, please come talk to me. I'm always happy to, to have those discussions. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is on that I keep getting on some of these forums, a certain candidate, I don't even want to name him because I don't, you know, it's not even worth it. It's not, it's not the two we've been talking about, but he keeps saying fear mongering. And I know he's talking about me, um, but it, that's another one of those just trumped up things that people like to throw out there. Oh, they're saying that they're trying to scare you that your, your kid's going to get bust for an hour and a half. First of all, this, this person's not in our group, so he doesn't know what we really say. The second of all, no, uh, what we say is exactly what I said earlier. If the people that are talking about moving 10,000 kids or however many kids get what they want, you will have a long, most likely not hundred percent, but you're highly likely to have a longer commute. That's not a controversial statement. That's based on fact. And until somebody proves me otherwise, I'm going to keep saying that. So you call that fear mongering. I call that data. <laughs> so and I'll leave it at that. But thank you for um, hosting this. Sure. And uh, I really appreciate the, Got the, the it, platform. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you uh, to my my wife, who I said, please, please join us. And uh, <laughs> she was uh, she was ready this afternoon. It was a, a little <laughs> bit different conversation. But, uh, you know, well, I, 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 the way we process information is we like to talk it out. So uh, I, I know that some who may have watched tonight uh from the outside uh would would still say whatever they want but i i am serious when i say this i really want to host a conversation with people for whom disagree who, who disagree with you and are willing to come on and talk about it because i'm going to give you a i'm going to give you more than a fair shake and it's yeah. and i'm i would never think to judge your opinion i want to i want to hear what you have to say and we're going to talk about it in a constructive way. And if people want to do that, Stephen, I know that you would join the conversation in in, in a second. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. uh, uh, thank you so much for for your time tonight. Um, and it was a pleasure to meet you for the first time, Marissa, on <laughs> on video. I'm sure we're going to run into one another 
at some point, but uh, two weeks to uh, to the about two weeks or so to uh, tomorrow, right? Um, two weeks tomorrow until yeah, the election, right. June second. Yeah. Uh, ballots are streaming in. Kim got hers today. I got mine on Saturday, and uh, so please vote if you're listening. Just I don't care who you vote for. I just hope you vote. Turn that ballot in. Um, so. Stephen, uh, Marissa, Kim, thanks for uh, coming on tonight to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, have a good night. Bye, guys. Kim, I'll see you upstairs. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan again. Let's make this thing official. You can subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or virtually any available podcast directory. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, by all means, maybe write nice things, think about it. Sharing is caring. Could you do one more thing for me? Visit and like us on Facebook.com slash A Minor Detail and follow us on Twitter at A Minor Detail. Remember, that's minor with an E. Now, head over to aminordetail.com and sign up for our morning newsletter. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. I promise. It would be a pleasure to have you advertise on this podcast. You can reach out to me at ryan at aminordetail.com and let's talk. I know. That's a lot. But I have to ask. You all are great. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.